you you feel like you have to carry your uh, level of respect for your coach. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with Coach Taggart, I feel like some guys might have lost track of that being being so close to him as friends too. And so I I think that Coach Norvell is a great coach, and I think that he's kind of in the same shape as like Coach Staley. He's a, he's a younger he's a younger coach, and he's got he's got players under him that uh, are going to learn to respect him and learn to respect the the tradition. Obviously, FSU has a, a long tradition of being successful. I think I've watched more YouTube videos on frogs having sex in a Kansas football game. So that goes to show how many Kansas games I've seen. Fun how many of there. those frog videos have you seen? Seven in my lifetime, and I've maybe seen one Kansas game. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub. In the house, you know, we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I can wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder, Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? All right, everybody. Happy Thursday evening. We got an NFL guest with us uh, tonight. I've been working on this for a while. Me and Gabe have always been in contact through college. We both started our freshman years at the same time. Finally, I got him on here. I don't know what to call you, NFL guy or a streamer, or trying to be a streamer now in gaming. I still work his ass in Warzone and Call of Duty. But Gabe, neighbors, uh, fullback, the L.A. Chargers with us this evening. Also, former Noel. What's going on, man? What's good? What's good? Thanks for having me, fellas. Man, long time coming. I've been trying to. Just busy man out there in L.A. Things change over there in the Hollywood trees and all that. (laughs) Time difference. Time difference gets you. It does. Got to get used to it. Yeah, Uh, for sure. How so? How's how's off season going? How are you doing? You know, like you said, you you've been kind of going back and forth from East Coast to West Coast. But how's off season treating and everything with training going on? Um, This year, this off season has definitely been. A lot of fun. I mean, it's it's a lot different now. The springtime's a lot different for me now because, I mean, I was talking to a bunch of guys that are that are going into their second year, and it's just weird, like not having anything to do, not having anything to worry about except for football all the time. And so, you know, it gets it gets during the week, and you're like, shoot, like you get your workouts and your film sessions done, and you have all this free time to hang out with your teammates and friends and everything. So, this off season's been a been really fun for me i mean i'm just out in la enjoying myself trying not to get in any trouble and just <laughs> enjoy every moment yeah no it's nice over there it is nice it's hard to not get in trouble over there. too many good things to do too many parties it's pretty people out there it's tough, hey, it's tough. i've been over there i love california yeah, I was going to ask you though a few weeks ago obviously Chargers selected asante samuel jr in the second round <laughs> He's going to be joining you and Derwin 
over there uh, with the L.A. I mean, it's like the West Coast Knowles now. Mm-hmm. And also, Trey McKitty is over there in L.A. on the other side there. What, what, what are we thinking about those additions? Obviously, Asante Samuel Jr. first with you uh, with the Chargers. Um, I'm definitely excited about having um, Asante and Trey out here. I mean, they're both great competitors, great players, and that's what we're looking for. And they're they're even better people. So it's great to to be able to reconnect with those guys. I know Derwin's excited to have another DB from FSU with him out there at practice and in the game. So I'm I'm pretty fired up about having those guys. Did you get in contact with Asante or any kind of thing whenever he was joining? Uh, during that day, text him or anything? Yeah, I talked to him for a little bit before the draft. And because I, I um, came across some some draft predictions where he might fall. And I saw a couple accounts were saying that he might fall with us. So I definitely messaged him and told him uh, to come out to L.A. And, and, and just start helping us build this team up. And sure enough, we scooped him up when we had the chance. And. So that was pretty awesome to see. And so now just being able to play with your former teammates, is it's even more fun. Uh, I, I want to kick it to uh, your recruitment. You know, so you know, before you came to Florida State, coming from Lowndes, you know, one of the, the best areas of, of high school football in the country. You know, Florida, Florida State's always got to re- recruit that area. There's just ballers down in, down in that area of Georgia. But you were kind of a little under-recruited a little bit. Went to – one time committed to both USF and Georgia Southern, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. So what about Florida State? You know, how did that come about? And, and was it something that Jimbo was talking about that made you, you know, sign with Florida State? Was it the school you wanted to go to the whole time? How'd you end up in Tallahassee? Um, I always grew up as a Florida State fan. Um, I had I had a family member that went to school there, and I kind of became a fan of them later, heading into high school. And so, definitely coming up in recruitment, I was under recruited, and it was hard to get the attention of um, some of these big time schools when. My first years, we used to run like we were running like the wing T, like mm-hmm. so it was very hard to get recruited by some of these schools. But I don't know. My last two years of high school, I was committed to um, Georgia Southern and USF, and was planning on going on one of the to those schools. And then uh, I went. I was committed to Georgia Southern. Uh, I didn't really see myself ending up there though. And then ended up committing to USF. Thought that was going to be the fit. Uh, having family from Tampa. And so mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks before signing day, FSU came in and told me that they, they thought I was a good player. And of course they had just won the Natty a couple of years before. So that was definitely exciting. And from there mm-hmm. it was a no brainer. I, I, I was definitely happy with my choice I made. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you were, you were eating a lot during your college days, Gabe. I mean, you had to playing fullback, but you got to tell me your favorite meal while in Tallahassee. It could be any place. There could be a few of them, but favorite place to eat while in Tallahassee. There's a lot of good spots, though. You know, I spent so much time going to Kiku, the sushi did place. You, you I really? spent so much time going to Kiku, and that place, that place took care of me. They would know my order. They would know what I want. I want two Philly rolls, the fire dragon maki roll all the time. 
that place that was home for me i i it was right across from where i lived and so i would stay in there they've got good sushi they weren't doing the whole Jameis winston crabbling legs thing with you were they i'm just making no, sure double, were, double no. checking making sure double checking <laughs> no how, how, how's that a how's that sushi scene out in california it's gotta be pretty good yeah it's a lot it's a lot more there's there's like it's like art form out here so yeah yeah i kind of enjoyed like the i don't know kiku's just like in a different it's on a lower level but uh-huh. you can't beat it sometimes if you're a college kid want some sushi that's where yep. i was at Mm-hmm. You know, Nate, uh, he brought up Lowndes County High School, and a lot of guys from there went to FSU, including uh, Telvin Smith, Greg Reed, Tyler Hunter, and yourself. What was it like to kind of follow behind that group and be the next one at FSU? It was definitely a cool experience for me. I I always grew up uh, – growing up in Lowndes County, like I wasn't really big onto the football scene until I got to high school. So those guys were a little bit older than me. And, of course, they had they had gone on to FSU to do great things while I was still coming up in Lowndes County. And so once I got to F- – once I uh, became a senior in high school, I really realized, like, this, the footsteps that I was following and the pipeline that Lowndes County and FSU has is actually runs pretty deep now. And so there's definitely been some players that have left an impact on there. And I'm glad that I was able to go there and hopefully do Lowndes County proud. So, so you know, I don't know how much time you spend on social media, but one of the things that FSU fans always talk about is that environment. Uh, Willie's first game against Virginia Tech, you know, how loud it was um, right before kickoff. Um, was that the loudest you ever heard, um, Goat Campbell? Was that the loudest? I really think it was. I can't. I can't think of. I. I know my. Huh, I mean, there was a few times my freshman year that I it was very very loud. But in Dope Campbell, I think that was probably one of the loudest moments of my college football career. That was crazy. Weren't you up? simply just because of the anticipation, like building yeah. up to the new staff, and like everyone was like so excited for this new era and then it was just insanity wasn't you were on that kickoff team weren't you yeah yeah Yeah. that is weird it's nutty they do even know what a swag surf is who me is there anybody else named nate on here man logan man don't call yourself man i'm just asking i didn't know i don't know i think we all know what it is now yeah yeah we all know what it is now (laughs) we we don't want to talk about it ever again but you know (laughs) You know that, that that you know no offense, Gabe, but that was like the high point of of that game. You know, <laughs> for sure, a disappointing season. You know, for for sure. Um, yeah, but it, out of everywhere where you played, you know, what would what would you say is the loudest environment you played in? Probably that one. I mean, uh, I'm sure this year SoFi is going to be crazy, just because if people had to wait a year to see the new yep. stadium and see to see us play and definitely with these new young players like Justin and everyone that we've got going, like I'm sure it's going to be insane. So going back, there's real quick random thing here, but a lot of people while Jimbo was there, at least a lot of people were thinking, you know, Justin Fields was close to coming to Tallahassee. I know 
lot of people FSU Twitter thought it was happening and then people were like, well, Jimbo laid off on it. But I know a lot of, he had a lot of connections. Justin did a lot of friendships with guys on the team around your time too, Gabe. I mean, I know Deontay Sheffield was a close guy with him. I'm trying to think of someone else too, but Justin yeah. was, Justin was, I feel like close to being a knoll at some point. I remember seeing him at a couple close. games. Yeah. He's talented. Super I'm surprised close. he dropped that far, but now, now you get him Nate in Chicago. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> Chicago <laughs> finally did something right in the draft for the first time in quite a while, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, quite yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. So, uh, all right. So we're, we're partnered with Chick-fil-A, Gabe. And we talked about this before we started recording, but you got to give me your favorite meal at Chick-fil-A and also last minute here, but your favorite sauce too, the, your, your go-to sauce with it. Sauce is easy. Chick-fil-A sauce is undefeated. Mm-hmm. But I just recently, this is like bad. This is like my cheap meal, like go-to. I've been grinding every day of the week. And then Saturday, I'll get Chick-fil-A. I do the spicy sandwich. Take a small macaroni and cheese, put it on <laughs> top of the sandwich. <laughs> Buffalo sauce on the mac, onto the mac and cheese, close it, and then dip it in Chick-fil-A sauce. Told you this man eats. I'm telling you, I wasn't lying. I wasn't that lying to anybody. Is the, that's the cheat meal right there. I respect it. Isn't yeah. that from like a TikTok thing or something? I feel like that's from Look, a TikTok. If you thing. haven't tried it, go try it. And Chick-fil-A sauce. Chick-fil-A sauce all the way. Sounds undefeated, man. I, I agree. That's the best sauce they I've have got, far and away. I've got the squeeze bottle in my fridge. Uh, <laughs> I, that, that was that was big time. Them dropping those in like a Publix or any kind of like Walmart because I got For Polynesian. Sure. I got Polynesian in the fridge. I've got both in my fridge. That was yep. an easy buy. The easy purchase. <laughs> easy purchase. Uh, I think is this. Sorry, I'm FSU. Uh, by the I, way, just random breaking news: FSU is heading to the national championship in soccer. Nice, nice, nice. Random, Good. Sorry. All nice. Right. I, I, I got to ask about about Derwin James. You know, he's one of my favorite players uh, uh, that Florida State's ever had and just off the field, on the field, just a true, you know, null. So what's it like playing with him and watching him work? I know, you know, he's had some unfortunate injury luck the last few years, but um, you know, he, he, he's a ball player. So what's it like just watching him work and, and getting a chance to play with him? Um, I mean, you're right. He definitely has some, had some, unfortunate stuff happened but i mean coming in last year as a rookie he was definitely a guy that having only been in the league for a year at that point like so many on the team already respected and looked up to him just based on the way that he plays and carries himself it really speaks to who he is as a person and a player and i mean during the season right before the season started he got hurt in camp and so that was unfortunate and uh just seeing the way that he was always He's been this whole offseason and during the season last year, he's just nonstop fighting to get back. And so it just speaks to who he is as a a player. I mean, the fact that he's dealt with some adversity and still Mm -hmm. receives tremendous respect from multiple players around the league. And I mean, everyone knows his potential is through the roof. And uh, I've definitely been working out with him this offseason, too. And seeing him right now, he's in. He's he's gonna be ready for anything come this fall, so it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, I was uh, he, wondering. Yeah, yeah he, he he was a lot on, on a lot of uh, 
preseason possible NFL defensive player of the year list before he got hurt last year. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm really hoping he bounces back this year because, you know, his rookie year was tremendous. And, that, you know, that was just, a, I think, a tip of the iceberg, what he can do in the, in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll definitely show up this year. Mm-hmm. No questions about it. And, yeah, you know, going back to Florida State, you were one of the guys who got the chance to play under Jimbo Fisher and uh, the Willie Taggart era, obviously. So what would you say were the differences in their coaching styles? And also, what's your favorite Mad Jimbo story? <laughs> oh, man. <Yeah. laughs> um, so the I feel like the biggest difference between um, Jimbo and Coach Taggart, I feel like like Jimbo's one. Jimbo's the kind of coach that he's he'll he'll get after you the entire week, Monday through Friday. But then Saturday, like you'd come out and you'd you'd whoop you'd whoop everyone, and then it'd be worth it if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there was definitely a level there's there's a hidden level of respect that players carried themselves around him because of the intense level that he always carried with him about the game. He's an extreme competitor as a coach and he hates losing. And so seeing a coach of playing under a coach of that caliber was definitely a blessing because it has turned me into a player that respects intense coaching. I mean, he would, he would, he would make sure that you were as prepared as you could be to beat anyone we played. And if you weren't prepared, it was on, it was on you. And I feel like that intensity was something that a lot of players liked and a lot of players didn't. And so I think that coming in for Coach Taggart, like the biggest thing with him was he was a, he was a he's a players coach. Like he likes he likes making the players feel like they are you know welcome. He likes making the players feel like like they can they have a like a friend in their coach. And I feel like. While that is good, I know a lot of players liked Coach Taggart as a person and a player. I feel like some sometimes, sometimes that can kind of be uh, like undershadowed, and you can kind of lose that intensity. That's something that I've always just felt like works best in football. Is like you you, you feel like you have to carry a level of respect for your coach, mm-hmm. and I feel like with Coach Taggart, I feel like some guys might have lost track of that being being so close to him as friends too and so there was that both of them are great coaches in my opinion I feel like they both have their own style I feel like they both take care of the players and I wish both of them nothing but the best and thank both of them for everything they did I mean if I wouldn't if I wouldn't have played under coach Tagger I probably wouldn't have had to switch back to tight end and show that I can do both. And so I feel like no matter how the whole situation at FSU went down, it happened for a reason. And um, yeah, that's how I feel about that. Craziest Jimbo story. (laughs) I remember being at, at one of, uh, well, I've probably said it so many times of being in when me and Trey would be up there in Jimbo's office or no, we'd be with, I'd be with little Dossie and then hearing, Jimbo just us out Jameis for leaving the more <laughs> center too early because he knew fans and everybody were going to be coming after him. And he got, uh, God, who was the SID, the guy that uh, you probably know, Gabe, Gabe, who he was, he'd always tell him, he'd always be with 
was it Kerwin? I don't know. Well, you weren't there at the time, but there, I don't know if Kerwin was still there, but it just, just absolutely just cussing out Jameis. And he's also cussed yeah. out Dalvin too, while we were at practice. There's been a bunch of stories like that. I mean, all the best, all the all the best players on the team got cussed out at some point. It was just part of his, just part of his, the way he is, this coaching style. He's he wants the best players to their hardest days to be Monday through Friday. So Saturday they go out there and just take it out on whoever's across from them and just make people look silly. So, you know. When it comes to the NFL, um, you know, because it, I think every guy knows when, they, hey, they either get drafted or, you know, they, they go year out kind of, you know, free agent route. When they kind of know that you know, they've made it, they're going to make the team, whether it's a practice squad or or the, or the main roster. You know, other than being told that you were going to make it, you know, was it – did you know beforehand? You know, was it like a string of practices? Was it – some of preseason games, you know, did, when did you know that, hey, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this team? Well, shit, I thought I made it the day that cuts were happening mm-hmm. because uh, I don't know if every other NFL team's like this, but, like, throughout camp, like, I obviously was very – I was in a very unique situation. Like, I only had one person I was competing against, whereas, like, receivers or linebackers, they have, like, a bunch of guys they're bringing in trying to figure out who's going to be on. And so it was just me versus one other fullback and – Luckily, I, I was he was a great player, but uh, I I guess I was able to show a little bit more versatility. And um, we also had a couple tight ends that um, later in the season went down and I was able to help in that room a little bit. And so I feel like that might have been something that carried me through, along with the fact that I was able to contribute on special teams all year. Um, but during camp, like towards the end, we would have like scrimmages and at the beginning of the scrimmages, like the ones would go out on the field and we'd get in 21 with a fullback and they'd be like, all right, Gabe, you're out, you're out there. And so that was kind of a refreshing feeling. But then mm-hmm. the day that cuts happened, offensive players got cut the first day. And so mm. I'm like one by one, I'm sitting on the balcony. This is a funny story. One by one, I'm sitting on the balcony watching all these players like leave the hotel. And so it was just like very sad. Like some players are coming back, like, with a small grin on their face, like they made the practice squad and um, a couple guys came back, of course, like pretty upset, but I'm just sitting on the balcony, like waiting to hear something to happen, waiting to hear something happen. Well, I go out in the hallway and uh, the guy that I was competing against, unfortunately he got, he got uh, cut. And so I told him like, it was a pleasure to meet you, man. Like this and that I go back in my room, like I'm jumping, like, happy day i'm i'm like oh i made the team yeah nobody calls my phone for the whole rest of the night i'm like okay so like one of my buddies nate who um is on the team also he he went up to the facility and they're like yeah today's offensive cuts uh they called his phone telling him that they were going to release him bring him back on practice squad my phone didn't ring the entire day it was eight o'clock at night i'm talking to my agent i'm like Oh, I definitely, I guess I made it. I guess I made it. Like, he's like, tell me congrats all this. The next day I started watching defensive players leaving the hotel. As soon as I left the hotel to go get breakfast, I took one step outside the hotel. My phone rings. 
I answer. He's like, hey, man, this is Blase, Blase with the Chargers. Uh, we need you to bring your they – have, they have these, like, little tablets and stuff. They're, they're like, mm-hmm. we need you to bring your stuff in. Uh, and I'm like, you're joking. So uh-huh. I get up there, and I'm like, well – I'm like in the car on the way up there. I'm like, well, y'all just, I was like, y'all cut the other fullback. Like you're cutting me too. So who are y'all bringing in? Uh-huh. And they're like, oh yeah, I guess you'll have to talk to the people when you get there. Uh, long story short, I get in the office with our GM and he's just like, yeah, man, we had to make some moves, but uh, we're going to sign you to the practice squad. And so for the first week of this uh, first week leading up to the game against Cincy, I was on the P squad all week. And then, right before the game I got activated and then after the first game I played well enough and then the next week at practice they signed me to the 53 so mm-hmm. wow it was crazy but, roller coaster ride I mean it was crazy I was sitting in the hotel thinking that I made it and then right right before you know it world got flipped upside down I was freaking out I was like man this is crazy but it's the NFL and so yeah. That was my introduction to the NFL. Hey, that's a good warm up for you. I can't get any harder in the terms of like Zoom sessions. I was going to ask you too because you went, and it's crazy for you. You also had hard knocks. If I remember correctly, you had hard knocks going on during the same time yeah. during all yeah, they, of this. And that was what was crazy too because right before they cut me, I was in the office with Tom Telesco and he was like, Yeah, turn these cameras off. Like, he was like, It was like a, he, he for some reason he was like just turn the cameras off because he didn't want uh he didn't want whatever conversation we had to be recorded I guess so it was weird yeah how how was you know COVID nineteen it's your first year but how was COVID nineteen affecting you know your meetings and all that kind of stuff how that how like a regular weekly schedule go with that kind of stuff um during the like during the season yeah. Um, during the season, we actually were able to meet in person. We had enough room to space out the rooms, uh, space out the seats in the room because there's not that many guys, um, meeting in each room. There's only a couple players per position. So our rooms were big enough with the trackers that we had to wear to, um, to be in compliance, but we were in person for the majority of the season. And then like towards the end of the season, we had the, the league just, change the rules on us and we ended up having to be like all virtual so it kind of sucks because you would have to get up in the morning go lift at the facility and then drive all the way home because they didn't want people in the facility for meetings you'd have to drive all the way home for meetings meet at your house for like two hours on zoom and then drive back to the facility for practice and then drive home and do the meetings after practice too so it was definitely wild but it kind of made me appreciate being in person and uh, you know, sometimes meeting in person can be intense in the league and, but it definitely made me appreciate being in person because it was even worse over zoom. Right. We'll get into some more NFL stuff too, but I wanted to ask real quick going into a college locker room and an NFL locker room. What's the biggest difference that you have coming out of it after like your first week? What, what was the biggest thing? Oh, uh, well, for us, because COVID, we had to be so spaced out. We were like in like all the rookies, like Justin and everybody. We were all like in the old weight room in these like wooden lockers. Like they put all the rookies in these like wooden lockers. Yeah. And so some of the guys that we just signed 
Like I didn't actually get, I just got a locker in the, in like the vet locker room this off season. And so for us, like going into camp, like we're in these, like everyone, I'm talking about first round pick guys, second round pick guys. Like we're all in these like little wooden lockers. And so I'm like, man, this is crazy. And I mean, now even being in the vet locker room is just smaller. There's a lot less guys on the team. So it's not as big and spacious as a college locker room. It's a lot more like, I mean, it's grown men. So it's like, they're a little bit bigger, but it's definitely a lot smaller in terms of like size and like decor. Our, our locker room actually is getting renovated right now. So, but it's, I would just say it was a lot smaller than I expected to, to be. True. I haven't really been able to ask this question at all to anybody yet but i'm excited for what's the most and don't play games with me either gabe don't play games but what's the most expensive thing you got to treat yourself you made it you got to treat yourself a little bit what's the most expensive thing that you've bought so far that's getting paid nfl it could be anything it's probably Um, that it's probably your gaming setup no i haven't spent i haven't like paid for that yet but that's going to be pretty expensive. Um, I would say like my most, my most like ill-advised purchase. <laughs> my most, I w- here, I'll do this. I'll do my most ill-advised purchase. Cause I obviously paid for like my car and stuff. And like, that's a car. So yeah. Um, but uh, my most ill-advised purchase was I bought, a sweater that I wore to the Raiders game or not the Raiders game. I don't remember which game it was. I bought a sweater that was made by Balenciaga and that sweater was like a thousand dollars just for the one sweater. So that was pretty stupid. Nate, I know you ain't even getting close to that one to pay for it. You won't even buy Austin shoes for 50 bucks. No, that, that's not true. <laughs> I would, I would pay Good money for good Jordans, but not a thousand dollars for a sweater. Hell nah. <laughs> nah. I, I, that's the worst part. Like I wore the sweater. Not even if I had the money. Hell no. Nah. I'm like, what did I just do? Yeah. <laughs> did he even get any did he get any photos of it? Did the photographer give you any good photos for the IG? Was it uh, worth it? Oh yeah, man? I got it. I got on I actually got put on blitz fits for that sweater. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, it was worth it. Yeah. Oh, it was worth it. I got, got your little, clout. It was funny because me and my teammate, one of my boys. Uh, Braden Fajoko, he played at LSU. He got activated that week to play in the game. And, like, that was kind of the reason. Like, he got activated. So he was like, oh, I never thought this was this day was going to come. Like, so we kind of went to the mall and wilded out, like, did it big for – and then he ended up <laughs> playing the rest of the season. So it was crazy. It was great. But that was well, why we bought those. Well, when you're over there in L.A., the fashion's the biggest thing. You got to stay – you got to stay with yeah. it. It's a lot different over here, like in the Southeast compared to the West Coast. Definitely LA area fashion is the biggest deal. Yeah, it's weird. We got, there's a, there's so many like fashion, there's like Fashion Island, there's South Coast Plaza. Like South Coast Plaza is like two seconds from the facility. And so like they're all over the place. There's so many shopping centers. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got two questions. Um, you know, sticking with the NFL, you know, who's the best player that you've seen so far in your, in your one year in the, in the league, whether it's on the Chargers or that you played against? 
Um, the best player overall, I mean, I feel like everyone would say Tom Brady, but I watched mm-hmm. this man play in person and he absolutely shredded us. I mean, mm-hmm. Justin <laughs> Justin played great against him in the in the Bucks and yeah. Tom Brady still shredded us. Like Tom Brady is just like it's like crazy watching him in person because mm-hmm. he's just he's just three steps ahead of everyone. So that was crazy to watch. It was like I was mm-hmm. watching it was like I was watching the game, but I was like in the game. It was weird. Finally getting to see him play in person was crazy. And so because that was my first time ever seeing Tom Brady. And the first time I ever saw him was mm-hmm. in person when I was playing him. <laughs> and so it was weird. That's gotta be but, a crazy experience, man. Yeah, there was a couple experiences like that when I was uh, my first year, like seeing all these people that you're used to seeing on like Madden and on TV and like all this stuff. And then you're like, like within a few feet from them. It's like weird. What about Mahomes? Yeah, that same same caliber. He was just he was he was just really like Tom Brady was really good at like picking our defense apart in terms of the Mm -hmm. pass game. Pat Mahomes, like we would shut the pass down and then he would just run the ball for like seven or eight yards. And it's just like, what are we doing? And then you would have to start respecting his running ability. And then he'd throw one over top and throw one over top against us to um, mm-hmm. Hill. And so both are really, both are different players, but they're both very good players. And I mean, that kind of speaks to why they're both in the Super Bowl this year, but yeah. And uh, the Steelers weren't on your schedule. So I, I you know, I, you don't have to worry about saying that you didn't see Big Ben Roethlisberger. So, well, because yeah. I, I, I understand you not having to talk about him because you didn't play him, but uh, yeah, yeah. just putting that out just there for me. Nah, come yeah. on, bro. So, uh, my, my second question is you know, being you know, from Georgia, you're out on the uh, West Coast now. So, you know, has it been hard staying in contact with your family, you know, especially going with, with, with COVID and everything? Um, you know, how, how's that been going? And you're just, and you, Go ahead. I was just saying you're really close with your mom. Yeah. I know that. I've known that since me and you became friends early on yeah. in college. But and, and, how's that going? Yeah, I was asking, did she get a chance to watch you play, or how's that uh, unfolded so far? So she did get to watch me play. Um, she came to when we played um, Miami in Miami. She came to that game, and so that was awesome for her to get to see me. I know she was pretty emotional for that to get to see me play in the NFL game. But I mean, I've always been close to my mom. Uh, she kind of understands it now. Like college football is not the only thing you have. Uh, you have to focus on school and stuff too. So, but like uh, NFL, it's like all you have, like this is the only thing that you should be focusing on. And so that definitely was a different experience for her. I know there were a couple of times where she would check in on me and be like, are you okay? What are you doing? I haven't heard from you. It's just like, yes, ma'am. Like, I'm just keeping my head down, trying to just stay focused on this. And so that was probably the biggest adjustment to make because there would be so many times I wouldn't get home until midnight. And it's just like, well, she's on the East Coast. So it's already 3 a.m. there. So it's like I can't talk to her. So it's like that was definitely the biggest difference. And I think that that was something that definitely took some time to get used to. And now that I'm Going into my second year here, it's like it's it's definitely a lot easier than it was whenever we first got here. The time changes what really got us. 
the whole 180 and, you know, COVID-19 to restricting a lot of possibilities for her to come visit you and watch games too. It was tough. Yeah. It's tough for a lot of young players and even players, veterans that, you know, some of them didn't even have chances to have their family members come watch them play. So I, I'm, I'm excited for the second year of, you know, the second year and, you know, COVID-19 calming down and you know, things smoothing out because it really ruined a lot of opportunities for these kind of experiences. So I'm yeah, glad she was able to make it down to Miami, though. That's that yeah. had been a phenomenal. That had been awesome seeing her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, Gabe, you know, you've scored touchdowns in high school, in college, and then you scored your first NFL touchdown um, against Denver during your rookie season. So, what was it? What was that like? Um, it was insane because I've told this story before, but like that play, I wasn't supposed to score on until like. You have that moment when you're, yeah, that moment like in in like college and high school, and like you know the ball's coming to you, so like you're like, oh, I know I'm about to score. Like when we played the Raiders and I scored, like I knew the ball was coming to me, so I was like a lot more anxious. That play, like I was only supposed to set a pick for the back, like I was only supposed to be going up towards the back or setting a pick, and then there's Herb was supposed to throw it out in the flat or like check down to the tight end or run it in. Well, I set the pick for the back. I went to go set the pick for the back. They were in man, and the backer flew out of the box before I even got up to the second – before I could even clear the line. And I kind of just, like, got lost in there, floated around, and then, like, everyone just stopped. Like, everyone just stopped for some reason. And I'm like, oh, like, if I just keep moving this way. And so once I saw the ball coming, I was like, oh, wow, okay. So that – it was definitely different because, like, by the time it happened, I was like, wow, I just scored. But it was definitely a lot different. Like, I was more nervous for the second one I scored because I knew, like, the play was designed to go to me, whereas, like, the first one was just kind of, like, lucky. And so it happened, and it was a surreal surreal feeling and something that I always remember. And, I mean, just being able to score a touchdown, having it been thrown by one of my – uh, new best friends that I've made out here is it was definitely crazy. I, I, I want to ask, uh, you know, we talk about like the speed of the game. You know, you go from high school to college, it, 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 it jumps a ton, and then you go to the NFL. Um, were you surprised by how fast the game goes, or you know, you know speak on that because a, a lot of people don't realize how, how just how fast it is in the NFL. So I yeah, guess, I mean, you know, you see it, it or, or or just experience it. I I got the I feel like they say like every rookie has like that aha moment or like that oh shit moment like I'm in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Luckily, mine happened during camp, and um, I mean, I was lined up across from Joey Bosa, and I'm supposed to cut him off from the backside. Meanwhile, this man is like the best defensive player in the NFL, and. I tried to cut him off backside. I'm like looking over at Brian Belaga. I'm like, I'm sorry because I couldn't get through. And he's like, All right, dude, calm down. He's like, Joey's pretty good at football. Like, you got to relax. And so, um, definitely that. And then moving in, like, game speed versus practice speed in the NFL is two different things. Like, sometimes, like, in the games, like, they really like tell you in college, like, in the NFL, like, you have to, like, be mentally ahead of everyone because. Physically, you don't have time. Like, 
when you're trying to move around physically, you don't have time to be like mentally trying to think about what you have to do. And that's something that really set on quick in my career. Like I realized like I've had to watch more film than I ever had before. And I had to know who I was going against. Like I would have to like take notes on who I was playing because like everybody has their own like style. Everybody has their own thing. Like this isn't like college where like people are doing, like you're not going to tell Joey Bosa like as a coach how he's supposed to pass rush every play. And that's what makes every player you're playing unique. And so it's not like you're playing a team that like every time they're going to be spilling or like wrong shouldering or like their backers are going to be coming straight downhill. Like you just have to, it was, it was very different because like everybody plays different and everyone plays to their strengths. And so a lot of the speed up happens because you're not, you're playing different people every week and you're playing the best of the best. And Mm -hmm. that's something that took a lot. Like that's something that, quickly set in and something that I quickly had to figure out for myself. I'm going to ask you, Gabe, I saw it a lot during COVID-19 and I don't know if you're roomed with them or not, but Justin Herbert, you have a really close relationship with him. I always see y'all out there golfing. I didn't know you're a big golfer. First of all, I didn't know. Is that something that changed? Is that something that changed when you went to West coast? Is that how it goes? No, I played a little bit my last year at FSU. I kind of, I bought a set of clubs my last year at FSU and I went here and there, but I didn't really start like hitting the links until I got out here because it's hard not to. Like, oh, there's some cool. crazy courses out here. Oh, it's beautiful! It's beautiful. I've been keeping up with the IG. It looks gorgeous out there. But talk to me about your relationship with Herbert. He's obviously had a huge first season as a rookie, and the, there's a, the future is bright there for you guys on offense with them. But tell us about your relationship with him and how y'all became so close. Um, honestly, me and him and me, him and, uh, Nate Gillum, the three of us became super close simply because during camp, the rookies had to stay in the hotel and we had to stay there. Like for, it was, it wasn't like a regular camp where like you could leave and go get food or you could leave and like go to the beach or like leave and go to the movies. Like there was nothing for us to do. So like we would be cooped up in this hotel and like, we spent so much time together in the hotel that it kind of like once we were able to like break out from being at the hotel, like we were like, like we didn't know where to go. Like we were like, oh, shoot. And Justin had already had a spot. And so he kind of like took me and Nate in. He was like, yeah, you guys can come live with me. We kind of had like this like mini like brotherhood thing going on. And then um, just transition to the season. And so I guess that's kind of like, word got out that we were all like hang, like we were all living together and spending time together and so um i guess some of the content creators at the chargers kind of find, found out about that and then started making content about me and him being roommates and teammates and it was it was funny to see but yeah definitely was exciting getting to watch him play the way he did and then i mean some of the things that me and him and Nate have been able to go do. I mean, I went to the day, I went to the masters with Justin. And so like just getting to do some crazy stuff off the field with him has been, it's been exciting. Mm-hmm. Must be, must be nice over there. I need to mm. go over there. Can't wait to get over there on the West coast. Yeah. One last thing about the NFL. You have, you have a new coach, you know, the Chargers let go Anthony Lynn this past, uh, this past season. And now you have Brandon Stanley, uh, have you 
had a chance to really speak with him. I'm sure y'all have been in meetings and whatnot, but what do you think of him so far? Um, I think, uh, I think he's a great coach. I think that he's young, which makes him, which kind of makes him, um, a little bit more like eager to get to work with us, which has been really cool and really exciting. I know some of the older head coaches in the league are like, they let all the younger staff members handle the player interactions and stuff like that. And so having him being a young guy who just um, recently left uh, the Rams, uh, I know that it's been really exciting for him to get this opportunity. And so it shows in the way that he carries himself in these meetings we've been having. And uh, he's just super energetic, super, super smart, super intense guy that, you know, he shows up in all the meetings, special teams, everything, and he wants to add his take on everything, and he wants to add his flair onto everything, and I think it's been really good for us. It's been really good to see. I know the defensive – it's weird because, you know, I've always been used to having a coach, like a head coach that's an offensive guy, and so having a head coach that's a defensive guy has been pretty cool to see those defensive guys light up and be excited to, like, play defense now because, I mean, the stuff that they're getting ready to pull out is – it's going to be crazy to see our defense transform because we, I mean, last year was obviously frustrating to see like sometimes we give up like third down plays and we've got some of the best defensive backs, linebackers and interior guys in the league. And so I know that just already within a few weeks of him coming in and implementing the stuff that he's going to do on our defense, uh, seeing these guys on defense, just being fired up about it is definitely a, Definitely a true test to who our new head coach is as a person, a coach, and I'm excited to see uh, where we go with him. Real quick before we end it off, Gabe, you know, you, Mike Norvell, I mean, that's the future right now at FSU. I don't know if you've been given any chance of, you know, keeping in touch with anybody at FSU still that is uh, on the team or uh, just listening in and stuff, but what do you have any kind of thoughts on Mike Norvell and that staff and what they're trying to do? Obviously last year, I think COVID-19 and not having a spring really hindered that staff coming in as a, as a first staff coming in. It's that kind of situation. It's hard as it is, but when COVID-19 and pandemic is going on, it's, it's really struggle bus in order to find success, but tell me, you know, anything about Mike Norvell in this season ahead for them, your thoughts. Um, I, I think that Coach Norvell is a great coach, and I think that he's kind of in the same shape as like Coach Staley. He's a, he's a young he's a younger coach, and he's got he's got players under him that uh, are going to learn to respect him and learn to respect the the tradition. Obviously, FSU has a, a long tradition of being successful, and I think that's been one of been one of the hardest things for fans to understand is like when you get a new coach, uh, it takes time to find success because the, the tradition doesn't change, but the system to getting the results might have to because of the coach and the style of offense, things, defense, things you run. And so I think that it shows in the, I think that he's, he's going to be a, a great coach for FSU in the future. I think it shows in the, the recruits that we've been able to sign recently. I saw that we've got some, some good talent coming in soon. And so I think that's pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I want more than anything to watch FSU rise to the top again. And so I'm excited to see what coach Norvell and those coaches do at FSU and mm. I wish them nothing but the best. I thought I had something on the last little bit there, but I guess I don't, I guess I probably, you got anything, Dustin? 
No, I think I'm good. Okay. Okay. Well, Gabe, I definitely appreciate you coming on here and everything. It went smoothly. Maybe down the line, maybe next year we'll get you on after a game or something like that. That would be fun to recap a game or something. But definitely appreciate yeah. you hopping on, man, for almost an hour with us. For sure. Stay healthy. Be good. For we'll sure. definitely be watching. I think the Chargers – I'm. Ex- oh, I was going to say that's what it was. I think it just was released that uh, Sante signed $7 million for the next four years with the Chargers. Exciting. He'll be he'll be stuck there and good for him. And terrible weather and terrible area. I mean, it just sucks over <laughs> there. Everything's so, so bad here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's All exciting. Right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm I think the future is bright. There's a lot of FSU fans that are, are Chargers fans. I know a few, and they I've been watching them since this last season. I think Herbert's got they, y'all got a bright future definitely with that offense too. And Excited to get you. We need some more touchdowns. I had you on. I what I put you on my Snapchat, IG, and everybody. It was cool to see that kind of thing. Is being someone that hung out with, and you know, we've always talked football and ball, and see you perform like that. It's always exciting, and always rooting for you over here in Tallahassee. Appreciate you. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'll let you. You know, you got to go cook something. You you've been cooking a lot lately, so go (laughs) a brisket. Go make some brisket or something. I got you. Uh, all right man be good thanks gabe appreciate it appreciate brother be good that was pretty good pretty good interview there Mm -hmm. almost an hour almost you weren't wrong you know you said you said he would have some good quotes coming in yes a lot to talk about a lot all over the place we went from top to bottom there all through it all but we still got a lot to go through here for the rest of this episode I think I'll do uh, – no, I'm not going to do an intro. We're just going to let it go. The people on the podcast listening around, that's just how mm. it's going to be. I'm just going to let them start off with the Game Neighbors interview, and then we'll run into the quick hitters mm. of the week. We'll go through football and basketball. Nothing too crazy here. But, less work for you, right? Yeah, less work for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. If I don't have to cut much, then we'll just keep on running with it. Uh, Lowe said that he's training, so he can't join us, I guess, tonight. I don't know what he's training for. He – he, he's doing the, you know, he's, oh, training kids. Oh yeah. His new venture. Oh yeah. I forgot. I know that the CFL just said that I saw Ermin Lane tweet that they have a training camp date now. And what, two weeks ago, Los was, you know, he talked with his agent and everybody and they were saying they weren't expecting anytime soon to have a camp date. So the CFL is all over the place. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's Canada. Who knows what's going on over there? Well, let's get into it here. Florida State lands offensive lineman, Notre Dame transfer, Dylan Gibbons. Veteran guy. He's going to have one year left. Uh, he two. Who? Two years. Two yeah, years? Two. Is it yeah, two years? Two okay. Years. Uh, two years left on him. We bring in a veteran guy. He, was, uh, he played in the college football playoff this past season. And also an ACC championship. He's got a lot of experience. Also bringing that into the locker room too. Mike Norvell likes doing this. What are y'all's thoughts on Dylan Gibbons? That adds on to some offensive line depth. Uh, for for me, I know some fans are you know, mentioning about maybe he didn't play a lot, but you know Notre Dame's had maybe the best, arguably the best offensive line in the past two to three years in college football. Um, and, and that's simply proven by the fact that how many guys have gotten drafted off that off that roster. 
Um, you know, he, he played against Syracuse, I believe, and played really well that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, for, for Florida State, they are still looking to maybe shore up a, a tackle spot. And, you know, he's also a guy that can maybe play inside for you. So he has that position versatility. But, you know, for, for, for me, it, it brings depth, competition, and it, it, it raises the floor. And it also pushes guys that maybe we're going to have to play, that maybe shouldn't be playing, pushes them further down the depth chart a little bit. And, and, and for me, I, I think it's a guy that's going to come in and compete for a starting spot. Yeah, like you said, I totally expect him to come in and compete for a starting spot. And, I mean, you got to think, this was a guy who was at Notre Dame for four years, spent a lot of time in one of the best strength and conditioning programs in the entire mm-hmm. country. And like you said, Nate, he was a member of a very talented offensive line that I believe um, three guys off that offensive line from this past season were drafted um, mm-hmm before the end of the third round. Mm-hmm. And he had a start last year. He's played in, I think it's close to 30 career games. So, I mean, he's got experience. Um, you also mentioned, you know, he's moved all over the offensive line. So this is a guy that Florida State can play at, play at different spots. Um, I know he's competing for a left guard spot in the spring, but he's also played at center. He's played at tackle, like Nate noted. And, you know, I'd be interested to see if maybe Florida State brings him in and tries him out at center because I know they've been wanting to move Maurice Smith out of that spot for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can kick him over to guard, put him at center. And, you know, I think that helps the offensive line out a good bit. And, you know, we'll see if another transfer comes in down, down the line as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that, you know, bringing this guy in, um, it, I, I think it's good enough for to show up an offensive line that gets you another W. Yeah, no, I just real quick for me, I you're just bringing in more depth that's needed. I mean, everybody is complaining 24-7 on Twitter about, you know, what, what's going on with the trenches. You're getting playmakers, Mike Norvell and Dillingham, they're always getting these playmakers and all this kind of DBs. But, you know, they complain about getting people in the, in the trenches, and then they complain that they get a uh, an offensive lineman from a team that's been in the college football playoff how many times now in the last four years. Like, it's it kind of gets – ridiculous you're getting a guy that has veteran experience in the locker room and then i think I'm on, it's going to be interesting this fall camp to watch where coach atkins is going to put a few guys mm-hmm. because where does gibbons go you're just mentioning dustin marie smith who had, had a surprising year last year in front of all of us you know coach atkins is going to have a pull, pull around and Devonte love taylor is another guy that you can kind of put in different uh, places too so th- this offensive line has I think a lot of work to do on who fits where and he most certainly is going to come in and compete so and, and a little cherry on top is it beat out Florida for him so you know, Love the guy to see was, it. was also considering Florida so you know they, they, they would bitch and moan <laughs> if, if he would have chose Florida over Florida State um, but uh, you know it, it's a guy who has you know, the, the experience comes from a, a really good – he's going to be really well coached coming in. He's going to play for another really good coach in, in Atkins. And it, it it makes a unit, I think, that much stronger. So, you know, carry over to the next question. I guess I'll segue. You know, mm-hmm. if they can land that – you know, that, that one more guy that, you know, everyone's been talking about, you know, I, I, I think you're looking at – you know, uh, uh, an offensive line that turns into maybe 
um, okay into a into a good or, or into above average. I'm talking about the other transfer. Which one? There's a lot of them. So, I mean, uh, if no, you, I know it. I know it. You got to get in the Discord. If you go in the Discord, you got to get in the Discord. Yeah, if you go in the Discord, you know what we're talking about. But you know, <laughs> if, if that does come to fruition and it looks like yeah. it's it's possible, you're looking at an offensive line that should be okay, should be pretty good. And, and, and then, what does that do for the offense? So you know that that could be an exciting gift for Florida State. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, I, I really believe in what, what, one of the best offensive linemen in the country last year uh, could be possibly coming to Florida State. Keep an eye on it. Got to get in the Discord. You're going to have a boring offseason. I'm going to say mm-hmm. it every time on here. Real quick, you know, noting on a guy that's just arrived at Tallahassee, I don't, I wasn't worried about him not arriving. It's just FSU fans freaking out for no reason. And it's the same with what Rod Award offensive lineman who's still well, got it, school it, going on. Anyways, it's a reason because another podcast said that they doubted he was going to make it into Florida State. Yeah. Well, I didn't, we, I didn't hear anything on that. But nah. Andrew Parchment, Kansas wide receiver, is officially signed and he's in Tallahassee. He had an interview today. And, you know, is this wide receiver one heading into the season? Because I think a lot of people are expecting that to be the case, but seems like wide receiver one has arrived in Tallahassee, Andrew. Absolutely. He is wide receiver one. I I, I don't think that's any question. And that's not a knock on on, um, the current receivers that are on the roster. I think that, you know, he's far and away wide receiver one coming in. Um, would have loved to see him be at Florida State for spring. Nonetheless, he, he, he is wide receiver one, and I, I think that wide receiver um, two is coming also here pretty soon. Yeah. Can't wait to watch him work. I know um, mm-hmm. last podcast, Logan, you know, you noted that he was over there working out with Dalvin Cook, and, you know, that, that's that got to be a pretty good experience for him. Yep. And I'm just excited to see what he can do at Florida mm-hmm. State. You know, he put on some – he had some good tape – coming out of Kansas and you know I think him and Milton and the rest of that offense considering if they get another grad transfer offensive lineman I mean it's all just slowly starting to come together I'm, I'm kind of happy he hinted at it on it on his uh, interview about how you know the, the change of quarterbacks at Kansas hurt his production I'm kind of happy he addressed that because some people were a little disappointed in last in, in his last year at Kansas, but you know they had a massive change at, at that quarterback position. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I mean, I, it's, it's Kansas, you know, it's, you know, it's Kansas. That no knock, but you know, I think you know he's been all over the place, just busting his hump, working out, staying in shape. So you know, because a guy with with big game experience, a big play experience, and you know, guys who works his tail off. So, yeah. I think I've watched more YouTube videos on frogs having sex in a Kansas football game. So that goes to show how many Kansas games I've seen. Fun how many of there. those frog videos have you seen? Seven in my lifetime, and I've maybe seen one Kansas game. Look at the lighting in his room. That should tell you everything about what he looks at <laughs> YouTube. The aquarium's over here on the on the, yeah. all the tables right here. Yeah. You just can't see it. it's hidden very well. Yeah. Uh, let's go into some offensive linemen here. Just recently committed to Florida State. Bright future here. 2022 IMG 
offensive lineman Alu Ba has signed or is committed to Florida State. Mike Norvell and Coach Atkins. He has a really impressive offer list here to start off. Still got some work to do. Still raw, and I'm sure Nate will talk about it in a little bit. But offers from Michigan State, this team called Alabama, Arkansas. He's rated as a three-star right now per 247 Sports. 6'6", 325, big boy out of Bradenton, Florida, near you over there in IMG, Nate. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get over there, too, and get with some of these guys. Yep. But speak on this cat coming in. Um, definitely, in my opinion, you're, I'm not going to say like your typical high school uh, offensive lineman because, you know, his size and all that stuff. But when I say typical um, – Someone that has a lot of room to grow when it comes to technique. You know, he plays a little high, um, does, but he's got really good bend. You know, he's really physical, um, but you, you can tell that he needs to be coached more. Um, but when you are recruiting that position, you have to look at the traits, and this guy's athletic for his size. Um, he's flexible. Um he has a nasty streak. Uh, you know, he has really good feet, but you no, know, he's a he's a large human being, and um, you know, I know he in Ohio State was kind of a, a a big part of his recruitment for a while, um, but you know, Florida State stayed on it and was able to to land him. And you, you're looking at a guy who's definitely going to come in as a tackle, in my opinion, and you know, probably a right tackle. When you look at you know right over coming in last year, well last class, and and you know he's probably the guy for for left tackle in the future. This guy would be a right tackle in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean maybe a, a little underranked because of you know you know his need to get better technically, but the the offers tell you the other story. A lot of these colleges like this kid, so I don't really care what, what the recruiting services say, but all in all, it's, it, it's a good get. I, I was surprised more, a little bit more surprised with the timing of it, maybe not necessarily with FSU landing him. You know, I talked to him a few times a couple months ago, and I, I just never followed up because I thought it was going a different direction, but I know that they were really working that kid for, for quite a while. So, you know, they, they now have a really good relationship and – have a good foot in the door, IMG. Yeah. And, I mean, you mentioned his mean streak and getting a chance to look at him on film. You know, this guy loves to hit people. I mean, pretty much every single one of his highlights is him putting someone on their back. And yes. there were a couple plays where you could see the whistle had already been blown and he's still just putting a guy into the dirt. And the guy's like, come on, man. I mean, that's the kind of offensive lineman you want. You want someone mm-hmm. that's going to piss other people off and get them out of their game. And, I mean, just really be extremely physical. And, you know, first first offensive lineman for Florida State in this 2020-22 class, I think it comes at a great time. You know, they're sitting in good position with other targets like Daughtry Richardson, um, Kayshawn Sapp, um, other guys as well. Names are escaping me right now. The guy from Brunswick, I cannot – Kanaya Charlton, Elijah Pritchett. So, I mean, there's a bunch of guys on the board, and I think to go ahead and get him in the fold, it allows Florida State to be a little selective because, you know, they're going to be going after a bunch of offensive linemen in this cycle. You know, th- things – when you look at it right now, and, and this is recruiting, so things could always change. Um, but this offensive line class, you know, has 
the potential right now to be very, very, very good for Florida State. And it just builds on what they had last year. So you got to like the direction they're going. Um, Atkins is, is – can't say good enough about what, what he's done so far at that position. Um, really like what, what they're doing with uh, the guys that they are recruiting. Some, some guys that can be inside or outside. Um, yeah, I mean – now, I know one name we didn't say, or you didn't say, is uh, Julian Armella. But well, we'll see. I didn't we'll, say that we'll, name for a reason. Yeah, yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that unfolds, you know. There's some people who think that um, it's over for Florida State, and there's some people who think that, you know, if they have a good season that, you know, things will fall back in line. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Stay tuned to the Discord. Yep. Some news here this week. Florida State is planning for a 100% capacity in Doak Campbell Stadium this upcoming season. I love it as long as the things are all safe and good to go. I'm all for it. I mean, you know, it seems like Florida State is also going to plan on having a big-time recruiting uh, official visitors there and everything like that, have that whole thing going. Gigantic then. I mean, you know, you got to think if Florida State is able to pull out a dub there against Notre Dame – Dylan Gibbons is able to get his revenge there against the Irish. Oh, yeah, that would we didn't be bring huge. that up. Yeah, it's a storyline going into it. There's a lot of storylines, but going around um, on the message boards, a lot of Notre Dame fans are kind of salty that he transferred to Florida State after spring ball and he can provide all this inside knowledge of the Notre Dame offense before the game. I don't know. They're starting to freak out. No, they'll have an excuse. They're, they're getting the excuses ready for. If Florida State wins. They're leprechauns. Who gives a damn? But, yeah, are you excited, Nate? Are you going to try to make it? Nate doesn't like hanging out with us. He no, ditches uh, us every time. We were supposed to hang out two times, like, in the last <laughs> month. And yeah. ditched us. What, what's wrong with your hands? Your hands look like they've been, like, filled up like a balloon. I got every big hands, fing- man. No, those, those are a problem. You yeah. got to get that checked out. Looks like yeah. you're getting that constraint. Like they're being constrained right now. And they're going to pop yeah. anytime. Yeah, that, that's what, I'm, you know, you got little boy hands with your Karen legs. But um, no, I'm planning on coming to that. I want to I want to come yeah. to Notre Dame for sure. Uh, Miami for sure. I want to come to three. Huh. So, yeah, we won't. Yeah. You won't, you won't so that means one then. You want to put money on it? All three? All three. How much money? You name it. 100 bucks per game. Oh, my God, no. That's stupid. You know, I mean, come on. That's stupid. You, 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 that. you, you claim to know. And you'll show up just for the money. <laughs> that yeah, pays for exactly. gas, man. Yeah, that pays for everything. <laughs> You're good to go. <laughs> no, no, uh, I, no, I'm definitely – Especially, I mean, that Notre Dame game, recruiting-wise, is going to be ridiculous. So, Woo. Oh, yeah. Got to be gotta, there. Austin's got to be there to do some recruiting interviews. I know. Uh, we need Austin to put in his, his – <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they'll have basketball recruits there for that, too, though. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Of course. Uh, I need Austin to do at least 10 football interviews, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to do a little tailgate situation, too, gentlemen. Yeah, we, we should uh, do a, a podcast. So you had a drink. I'm going to show you how to drink. Shit. Well, whatever whatever college drinking game you want to play, I'll, I'll still educate you on that. You don't want to. Flip cup, 
lob and shoot, beer pong, whatever you, beer pong, whatever, whatever it is, man. Right. Whatever you want to do, man. I'm fine with that. Let's do it then. Let's do it. None of that. None of that. Crap you have in the back wall, though. Natural. And Natty, I, I don't drink that. I don't. I will say I don't drink that anymore. But I'll bring it if I have to. I know that's and, too tough for you to drink. But no, uh, I know it's tough. No, we can only drink seltzer now. Yeah, no Zima, none of that crap. Yeah, Dustin <laughs> drank. I had to like get Dustin to finish his first beer. It was really sad. We're gonna drink bourbon, okay? All Just day. Bourbon? Yeah. Ooh, I drank my beers before you drank your beers. Yeah. Take the your. Uh, I can't even say. So you're literally sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings, and you're like, "Dude, you already finished." I'm talking about the spring game. Oh well, yeah, I had to drive home, so I was trying to chill. <laughs> oh my god, it was four four o'clock. At, we were tailgating. Didn't thank leave you. till. I was trying to break a commitment. I don't know if you recall that. I had a commitment to break. Uh, thank, you, thank you for being responsible, Justin. Exactly. I was Appreciate sitting there giving Logan. I was like, Logan, we got three minutes, man. Put the beer down. He's coming in three minutes. Get the post ready. I'm built for that. I can do three things at once. Uh, let's see here. Let's jump into this next thing here. One last thing football-wise, which came out earlier today, is that Kellen Benjamin, former Knoll, a Carolina Panther, and also Chief, is getting a chance at the New York Giants minicamp this upcoming weekend. We had, got some time to, we had some time to spend with him. And at Kenny Shaw's camp in Orlando, and you know he was telling us, and we put in our Discord if you guys were in there, some nuggets there on him. But he was intending on getting into some training, I think, with Kenny Shaw's guy. So he's been training for a few weeks now, trimming down, and he actually is going to be playing at tight end is what he'll be practicing at and performing at the New York Giants camp with that position. So good luck to him. Definitely. You know, we saw him a couple weeks ago, and – he looks pretty good, um, in, in decent shape. So excited to see if he can rebuild that career. Cause I mean, man, you know, coming out of Florida State, I really thought he was gonna be the next good wide receiver in the league that, you know, came from came from Tallahassee and that didn't all quite work out. But you know, now he's got a second chance and I'd really love to see him capitalize on it. Absolutely. Most certainly. We good gotta luck. get him on the podcast. Good luck. I know. That's all I'm gonna say. Nate, good, Nate. Luck, good, good luck to him. He's Nate's favorite player. <laughs> you can tell. Dang. Well, I can't wait to. We gotta get KB on. He said he's down to get on the pod. Yeah, let's get him on, man. Be be a good conversation. He's the one that got you a national championship from catching that ball. I don't think you're out there on that field doing that. I, I appreciate you know. You had your pom poms. You had your pom poms. You had your boneless, yep. boneless chicken nuggets. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> exactly. You didn't catch that ball, did you? I could have. Never know. <laughs> what? <laughs> With those hands, those balloon finger hands, I don't know about that. <sighs> I don't know, man. This fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got. You keep on taking these weeks off the pod. I got to give you. I got to keep you awake over here. Uh, I, I, I have, you know, real job. Uh, a real job right now. That's driving me insane. <laughs> All right, let's finish it off, Dustin, since I know Austin's over here courtside with Rihanna and Michael Jordan over there up there in Charlotte. Maybe he'll find a girl since he's got clout now that he's on the quarter, whatever he's sitting. He courtside? I don't know. I hope man put him up in the 
nosebleeds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Section 330. <laughs> yeah. That would be hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah. Latest with uh, basketball, D. Lou, MJ Walker. Finally, it took a little while, but, you know, my, MJ Walker declares for the 2021 <laughs> NBA draft. Yeah, I mean – I wouldn't really call it something that was unexpected. You know, I know Austin had been talking with his source and it kind of seemed like MJ was up in the air after how everything ended and he really reconsidered coming back to Florida State. But, you know, he's been in Tallahassee for four years and there's only so much he can do at this point to continue boosting his draft stock. So I think it's the best choice for him to go ahead and test the professional waters. But, you know, MJ finishes his... Florida State career, he played 120 games, 82 starts, and he averages nine points, 1.6 assists, and two rebounds per game. Earlier this last season, he became the 49th player in school history to score over 1,000 points and garnet in gold. So, I mean, this is a guy, he had a really, you know, maybe some people look at this past season and how it ended as disappointing for him, but all in all, he had a memorable career in, in garnet and gold. Um, Two Sweet 16 appearances, one Elite Eight appearance. They won the ACC championship last year before everything, or the year before before everything got mm-hmm. shut down due to COVID. So, I mean, man, I think just looking back on MJ Walker and everything he did at Florida State, FSU fans should be proud, and I'm going to be rooting for him in the NBA. Absolutely, most certainly, mm-hmm. the guy that represented FSU very well. That's, I mean, that's just the continuation of what Leonard Hamilton produces out of that program. But no, yeah. we're definitely pulling for him. And, you know, I think I, he's, I think he's got a good shot to get drafted sometime in that second round. We'll just have to see. Um, I don't, I'm not really sure how the NBA is doing things this time around where if they're going to have a combine or pre-draft workouts or stuff, but those are little things that MJ could use to boost his draft stock and mm-hmm. show NBA teams that he has a skill that will be useful at the next level. So you've got, like we talked about, Scotty Barnes. You've got Rick Von Gray leaving. You've got Kirk Beach gone. MJ Walker, like we learned today. Sadar Calhoun, Nate Jack. Should You know, the timeline today is, you know, everybody's freaking out. You know, Florida State, you know, we're transitioning back to football now. Basketball's done. They had their run and whatever. Is that you think that's a little just too much hoopla? I, I think, you know, you look at those losses that you would like to get. The Barnes, everyone knew was one and done coming in. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knew that. Um, I think Gray played himself into a decision this year. I think you would like to see him come back. You know, Balsa, you would like to see him come back. Um, but the other guys, uh, you know, maybe – Siddharth Calhoun maybe a little bit, but, you know, a lot of stuff that, you know, Austin was talking about, it just wasn't a match for him and FSU and the, and the coaching staff. So, I mean, what, what, what they're doing on the recruiting front, if you can't sit here and think that they're done. You know, the, the, the run of a, you know, perennial sweet six, you know, I might even say sweet 16. You know, I would say like a possible elite eight team it's still there. You know, the fact that, you know, the guys that they have coming in, uh, you can't, you can't be upset with, with where the program's at right now. Yeah. I mean, this, this program is retooling. They're not rebuilding, you know, in in any way. Um, You know, obviously Florida state, they got 
the Kentucky transfer a couple weeks ago, Cameron Fletcher. And they get the, and they get the point guard. Yeah, they got the Houston, guy coming that, in from Houston. Caleb that, that, Mills. That's going to play next year, and, and that that's what we talked about a lot in this podcast. Sorry to cut you off, Dustin. No, you're it, fine. It, it, is what does this team look like with a true point guard this past year? Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a Trent Forrest kind of player. So, you know, I, I still think the sky's the limit for this program over the next couple of years. Yeah, and I mean, there's still Jalen Worley, who's a five star. Matthew Cleveland, John Butler, another very mm-hmm. highly ranked guy. Naheem McLeod. So you've got some talent coming in to kind of offset some of the guys you're losing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to totally mitigate those losses, but this is good young talent coming into Tallahassee to kind of start the next wave for Florida State. Mm-hmm. You know, normally, I think Austin said it before either last week or a couple weeks ago, but normally Florida State isn't the type of program to lose six players in one offseason. You know, they, they typically have a lot of uh, continuity so this is going to be a different challenge for this staff. And but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, they're showing that they're ready for it by bringing in this talent behind the guys that are departing. I mean, not, not for nothing, you know, everyone wants Florida State to be amongst the best in the country and, and the best in the country for the last 10 years that have had a battle that, you know, the, the one and done's the two and done. So, you mm-hmm. know, is it a new role for FSU as a fan for basketball? Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, that's what happens when you bring in top 25 players. You know, that they, they ha- there's a shot for them to be one and done. And, and that's a risk you take. Well, gentlemen. Florida State, oh, sorry. Right, last thing, but um, Florida State, I, I believe they still have one or two scholarship spots remaining mm-hmm. um, on this roster. And, we know Trey Mitchell is a guy that the program is after, and I'm sure there's some other transfers that they're evaluating. So this roster isn't complete just yet. It's going to get mm. a little bit better, I would say, but before things are done. Gotcha. Guys, I think that's, good. I think that's going to do it for the rest of the podcast. So y'all seeing that uh... – Y'all seen that Jake Paul or if, what do you what do you got, Nate? You're a big boxing, you're a big boxing guy. I want to get you take boxing. on what? I, I hate boxing. Are you I watch like, UFC and all like UFC. that kind of stuff? Oh, I love UFC. They're well, what do you think? What do you think? Boxing, what? boxing is too fixed, man. I stopped watching boxing a long time ago. It's just too corrupt. But I I, I think that whole Boyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. That stupid. That that that, that is a all about the money. All about, I mean, come 100 on. million. It said Floyd, 100 million is getting paid. That is crazy. That's the only reason. I mean, I would it, do it, that. I would be, yeah. I would do it for thousand dollars. Yeah. Talk, talk <laughs> about Floyd Mayweather anyway. Unless want. the surgery would cause you know, afterwards. I mean, you know, I'd be surprised if, if Logan Paul gets 25 punches landed against Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. No, his, his defense is. He, he, he may be Manny Pacquiao. He may be the best defensive boxer. You know the way. I mean, that's his style is, is to, you know, make you miss and counterpunch, whatever. But now I'm, I'm more. I, I like to see him fight a real UFC guy. The other brother, you know, Ben Askren was, was a layup. I don't even know why <laughs> um, they have you have him in a boxing ring. You guys are a boxer. He's a wrestler. You know. Like out of shape too. He just did it for the yeah. money. You could tell. Oh, absolutely. He looked like he couldn't give a, a flying <laughs> F, you know, <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, man, I mean, 
can't hate on a guy, get you 15 minutes, get your money. It's great. But, you know, they're, they're going to run into reality here pretty soon, both of them. Yeah, no, they will. Logan, I mean, he's getting his money too. He's getting uh, how, his how, chance. Uh, how much? Uh, how bad is it that, you know, people are going to be rooting for Floyd Mayweather here? You know, people nah. hate Yeah. People have given him so much hate, and now yeah. they're going to be on his side. Yeah. They see the take the hat thing. Yeah, I think that was completely staged. No. If it wasn't, then Floyd is going to absolutely destroy. Logan yeah. Oh, Paul. he's going to knock it. It's going to be a first round. Just because they look exactly the same, he's going to be like, I want to murder this guy. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I was just bringing up some hot topics of the week. <laughs> uh, come on, man. Like, I don't know. Well, you're uh, supposed to have a boxing match, I thought, with, uh, with a few FSU Twitter members. but I, I would that's... love to have that boxing match with TJ. <laughs> Get it set I, up. I, we got to have sponsors. I, I, you know, we're, we're, I'm not going to sit here and um, start it up again, but, you know, <laughs> that, that's Rainer's course. But, you know, that guy's just whatever, man. Oh, man. Yeah, we better end it now. Don't get me started because then I'm going to have to start cussing. And, and then I, you'll start I, tweeting. You'll start look, tweeting. Yeah. yeah I, look, I, I got the I got the Twitter ready. Yeah, it's <laughs> got the Twitter fingers ready. Logan's gonna get me fired up. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. always my fault. If Dustin's the one that I'm the one that tells what happens, and then Dustin's the he amps it up. He's the cheerleader. No, it, it, it was your it fault. Last no. I just provide facts. I've... Dustin knows what he's doing, and he's creating. That's good marketing. That's good marketing. It's working for the Paul brothers. Look at him. I know, look at him, but yeah, you know, yeah, Horn's about to get his ass beat. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Oh man, well, definitely appreciate Gabe hopping on here with us. Been been working on this for a while, but happy to have him on here. Glad he's doing well Uh, over there with the Chargers. He's got a bright future ahead. I'm excited to watch the Chargers this upcoming season. Obviously, with Derwin James too, and Asante Samuel Jr. Man, a lot of West Coast Coast Knowles over there being successful because he also got Ramsey. Uh, now I got to like have a whole freaking list. You got Cam Akers. You got Trey McKitty. There's just too many now. A lot mm-hmm. going on. So definitely appreciate Gabe coming on here. Guys, We I haven't been able to tell this on the pod yet, but we do have a number now. We have a texting service. I'm not even calling it a texting service, but it's actually where you're texting me, as you can, guys can see on here for the live stream. Actually texting with you guys all throughout the day or giving you updates and whatnot. All the nuggets still go to Discord, but... I'm able to text up here with you guys. We got over 100 people in here now, 150 something. But if you text, I'm not part of that. You could text it. All you got to do is text 850-616-8661, and you'll be texting me personally. I don't know if I want you texting me. I'm not texting. Yeah, I couldn't carry. Let's talk. I talk to you as much as as least as I can. You know. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. As little as I possibly can. That's why we don't market it to Nate. We market it to our wonderful listeners and viewers. Yeah. But yeah, Texas 850-616-8661. We're doing a pop socket giveaway right now. If you join and text that, we just give updates. You'll be texting me. You're not texting a robot. Any kind of crap like that. Nothing crazy. So that's all I got to do. That number 850-616-8661. Looking forward to chatting it up with you guys. I've been, we've been talking about the NFL draft, Sante Samuel Jr., all kinds of stuff, and Dalvin and Jameis. I've been sending in some Jameis videos to you guys. So, been nice. Have you gotten any weird you. questions? I haven't had any weird ones yet. I'm, I'm glad I haven't given the number to any of the Discord people because I don't need <laughs> them harassing me 24 7. But 
Um, no, no weird questions yet. I'm looking forward to it, though. I can also send pictures, videos, voice messages. It's just it's life changing, and, Nate. It's life changing stuff here, and, Nate. And maybe I should use it, you know, after, during and maybe during a visit to IMG. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you could hop on the app. Nate could talk to you guys on the voice thing, or we do it exclusively only for Discord members, which if you guys haven't signed up for that, that's patreon.com slash no game day. We've been dropping a lot of nuggets. Also, it seems like Florida State found their next president. I'm not given the chance or the allowance to share who that is yet, but I would stay tuned to the Discord and should be able to get some clearance soon on giving that name away, but it seems like Florida State has finalized on their next president at Florida State University. But yeah, hope everybody has a great rest of y'all's weekend. You can listen to this on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify. Hit that subscribe button. If you're on YouTube, hit that like button. Appreciate you guys. Everybody have a great rest of y'all's week. We will see you guys next week on Hear the Spirit. See you guys.